You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. We are so glad you're here today. Thank you for listening and sharing the sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer, but Julie, I'm throwing it to you for the all-important question of the day today. Okay. Hi, this is Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and here's our quest- opening question for today. The Dallas TV show, primetime TV show, is celebrating its 45th anniversary. So my question to you, sisters, is you, uh, who was your favorite character on the TV show Dallas? Liz? Okay, this is Liz Dolan in Santa Monica, California. I don't want to spoil your whole big wind-up, Julie, but I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen an episode of Dallas. Really? Liz, it was must-see TV in the 80s. It was on for 13 seasons. It revolutionized primetime TV with its soap opera style. (laughs) Okay, I think the first half of the 80s, I didn't really have a TV. I don't know. So the only thing I picture when you say Dallas is like Bobby in the shower. But I know that was a whole drama, right? But I know Bobby wouldn't have been my favorite character, so... I'm going to have to pass, Julie. Liam, how about you? I'm sure you have a point of view on this. Oh, I was a huge Dallas fan from day one. I used to sneak and watch Dallas at our house in Connecticut when I was in high school. I loved Lucy Ewing. That was Charlene Tilton. Remember oh, her? Yes. She yes. was like the original hot mess on TV or anywhere. <laughs> like that character, that human. Like, yeah. So Lucy Ewing was my favorite. How about you, Jewel? Oh, easy. It was Miss Ellie, Barbara Belgetti's, you know. <laughs> Where everyone else was totally glammed up. She was wearing those shirt dresses around at the ranch there, just Uh keeping everyone in line. And I also liked it because she looked very much like our Aunt Eleanor, our mom's twin sister. And in fact, that's what what our cousins used to call their mom when that show came out. They used to always call her Miss Ellie. That was her grandmother (laughs) name. So there you have it. I like these fake anniversaries now, that <laughs> pop culture fake anniversaries, TV shows, album releases, all, all kinds of stupid fake anniversaries. I'm for it. I'm for it. Uh, all right. Today on the show, what do we have? Well, we have a lot going up. We're going to do some follow-ups. Last week, we had a couple of conversations about education over the last couple of weeks, and we have some follow-ups. Liz, you're bringing us a bitter business bro. You yes. know, we have not been that bitter lately, but this week, a lot to be bitter about. We have two good reasons. Leon. I mean, seriously, people, we will get to that. All right, Jill, we love when you bring us Tuesday Trends. And oh, yeah, I've um, got some good ones, and uh, they're coming from all over the world. Uh, and I think you're, we're going to get in on some of these, perhaps at the big fun weekend in Minneapolis. Woo-hoo. All right, for entertaining sisters, I have an assignment for anybody who is in the New York area or traveling to New York this fall. I want you to go to this uh, exhibit at MoMA. I'm going to tell you about that. And um, also, I had my witchy book list. You know, I oh, work on that every, every year. Yeah. So I have a whole other round of books about witches and, ma- and magic. <laughs> All right, Liz. Okay, well, first, I just have one quick thing. On last week's show, we talked, Julie, about the birthday card that you had sent me, mm-hmm. but I hadn't received it yet because I wasn't home. So I, I got home to Santa Monica last night, and boom, there it was. Uh, in my mailbox. I just wanted to share. Okay. So this was the one where you said the message was generated by artificial intelligence, right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. All right. I used an app to generate, you know, a heartfelt birthday message to you, my sister. Okay. So Leon, you're an actual writer. So I'm going to read you just a couple of sentences and you tell me if it sounds like Julie or like a robot. Uh, but but first, I want to point out that the front of the card says, happy birthday from your favorite sibling. Yes. He's grabbing that spot. Saw that card. Had to get it. Okay. So, dear Liz, blah, 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 blah. This is okay. Your zest for life, unmatched style, and youthful spirit never cease to amaze. Here's to the grooviest sister who's kept redefining 
every decade. So what do you think, Leon? Does that sound like Julie Dolan or does that sound like a robot? You know, it sounds a touch like Julie Dolan. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's close. It's positive. It's yes. well-constructed. You know, the sentiment, I think, is something that Julie would say to you. Just the language is a little strangely formal and like, I don't know, like a robot wrote it instead of Julie Dolan. That's what I would say. <laughs> but I feel like groovy is a Julie Dolan word. So, yes. Julie, I wonder, did you prompt the robot to use yeah. the word groovy or did I, it I, just... I did prompt the robot uh, to, you know, that, hey, my sister's pretty hip. You know, she does, you know, she does have a real zest for life. So, I mean, this is where you can get good with the robots, Liz. You know, if you give, you know, if you narrow the parameters, then you can get right. language that sounds um, uh, closer to something that you okay. might. Okay. All right. You know, yeah. So good try. I really enjoyed getting it. I think it's probably more text than you would normally have written. That's exactly, that's exactly right. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you to my favorite sibling. Okay, well, it will be a memorable birthday. There you go. So that's this is a one-off thing, I think. Okay, okay. good. Okay. Well, sisters, I, uh, I was talking to my daughter-in-law, Vera, this week because... Uh, you know, she's she's busy. She's got three kids, three different schools. Her, she's got her job. You know, she's doing a million things. But she said this past week she had to go to the uh, the parent meetings at uh, two different high schools. Her daughter goes to an all-girls high school, and her son, Ben, goes to an all-boys um, high school. And she was telling me the messages that these two schools were giving to parents was completely different. She said at the girls' school, she went in there and the message to the parents was, stay out of it. You know, you ought, no, we are not going to tell you any quiz, when quizzes are. We're not going to tell you when tests are. You don't get the syllabus. You don't just back off, back off. Stay <laughs> away from these girls. These girls have to learn to advocate for themselves they have to be in charge of their own academic life, and you are to do nothing, okay? okay. That which I thought was a really good message, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, then the next night, she went to her son, Ben, goes to an all-boys school, and the message was a little different. The message was, here's the syllabus. Here's the schedule of quizzes, pop quizzes. Here are the class notes. Here are, you know, here are study guidelines. Here, you know, here are the books. You have to be on top of these people, okay? <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> you know, and she was just, you know, Vera comes from a different educational system. She grew up in Bishkek, um, Kyrgyzstan. She grew up at the end of the Soviet Union. And uh, in, she went to co-ed schools. And so she really has never had experience with single-sex schools until she, can, you know, she, uh, just now when, when her kids are going to single-sex high schools. And she just thought it was so interesting and also so relevant and it made a lot of sense. You know, I mean, there's, you know, Leon, uh, you're a mother of two boys. I'm yes. a mother of two boys. You know, that... Um, and there's been a lot written late, lately about why boys are falling behind in education. In fact, a recent study from Cal State Fullerton came out and it was just talking about how really boys may be a bit behind for girls developmentally when they, you know, in the classroom instruction area. And, you know, they just have a different executive functioning system. Uh, you know, the issue of delayed gratification may not be, you know, totally mature. Even self-regulation may not be uh, <laughs> mature. Isn't this right? I mean, Even those phrases are laughable. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that being said, let's say there are boys that are totally on top of it. Yes. Like that, you know, right. it's not all boys. It's not every boy, but just... Right. Um, the boys I had fall into this latter category of <laughs> needing some more time to mature is a nice yes. way to say it. Yeah. yeah. And, but and but I I I liked it just as sort of an observer that these two schools, you know, uh, you know, they're educating the same age group. But they're taking very different approaches, even in terms of the length of the classes. You know, at the girls' high school, longer classes. Boys' high school, shorter classrooms, 50 minutes. That's it. You know, maybe, you know, and I think, 
I think that kind of, uh, I don't know if it's not really experimentation, but that kind of adaptation to, you know, what's really working for the student population that you're trying to teach, I think is great. That's yeah. uh, I think. So yeah. how does that what work if, then in co-ed schools? Then I don't, you know, this is, I think, Liz, that's, you know, I, you know, it I think it depends, you know, it, I mean, I think schools have to have to kind of navigate that in terms of recognizing that there are different learning, um, you know, learning styles, there are learning differences, and how to set up different types of programs within a larger school so that all children can succeed. Interesting. Yeah. Part of the complexity, part of the complexity of, of teaching yeah. at, at any grade level. I mean, right. one of the things that shocked me about I don't know, boys, and I, my sons also went to an all-boys Catholic school, um, they are starving all the time. They are just so hungry all the time. And I know that sounds funny, but when you're, I mean, they, they just are so hungry. I think so they had a lot of food breaks and I didn't really understand that. But now once I saw like how many calories they were eating, I mean, especially if they're getting up, they're going to practice early in the morning, then they go straight to class by 10 a.m. They're very hungry by noon. They are hungry again. You know, I mean, it's just one of the the challenges, actually, like they're really hungry and they they I don't think they just said they would space out in class the last 15 minutes because all they could think about was the breakfast burrito. And I, <laughs> I don't blame them. And I think that's that's probably true. I mean, Liz, now a lot of schools start later for high school. Yeah. Students. Yeah. Because I've read they, a lot about that. Yeah. Because the teenagers need more sleep, right? Right. Exactly. So I think these adaptations are, you know, make sense. And, you know, it's interesting to watch, you know, whether it's more food at the school or later classes or different types of classes. I, you know, I think it's, you know, you got all of it is important. Well, I have an interesting follow up to this story, Julie. It's, it's timely. And I, a couple of weeks ago, you said, you know, we were supposed to construct, like, what is our best advice for back to school? Right. And I said, like, don't bug kids the minute they get in the car. But there were about 182 other things I wanted to say, and one of which is, like, sometimes with your own kids, you really have to take the long view. And it's patience, patience, patience. So for those of you who have been listening to the show a long time, you know, I have a son, Brooks. He is my oldest son. Uh, he was, I think, four when we started doing Satellite Sisters. He's 27 years old now. And um, and he's 28. He's 28 years old now, actually. Okay, he's 28 years old. So, and Brooks all along was a lovely kid. But was he a great student? No, he was not. Did he enjoy reading and writing and arithmetic? He did not. Was every parent-teacher conference just like nails on a chalkboard to me? Perfect student? Yes, it was. It was very, very hard for me to understand him. And it was very, very hard for some of his teachers to understand him. But all along, he had a certain confidence in certain areas that I thought, I guess he's going to be okay. So last week, you know what Brooks did? He started a job. He is a college professor now. I mean, <laughs> how did that happen? I mean, he's the nicest guy ever. Like, you know, I always told you that. You know, my godson, the nicest guy ever. Yes. It's unbelievable. And even when he told us that he had gotten a call from the head of the department at his alma mater, he went to an art school, which of course caused Every parent I know to roll their eyes and say, oh, is he going to be taking underwater basket weaving? Oh, shut up. Okay? Just shut up. I was going to a highly competitive art school. Um, you know, he took a gap year in after high school. Then he Yeah, he wasn't even that keen on going to college. Yeah, I mean, he was keen. That's not a one. Yeah, I mean, he, he was okay. keen to yeah. go to college. He took an athletic deferment list, so I don't want well, right. to okay. portray right. that. He was, yeah. he was injured his senior year. He was going to go off and play soccer. He took an athletic deferment, and then he completely changed his plans and went to an art school, um, which was a very competitive, very hard school, and that he never could have gotten through if he hadn't taken a gap year and and learned to mature and and you know work physically and work with older students and stuff like that. But yeah, his, his his you know he's now teaching a class at Art Center College of Design. He is an assistant professor, not even the first level. He's a second level professor because of his professional experience. Does he get a parking space cuz that's really that, that's the status on campus. He does. He does. Oh, okay, I'm now duly impressed. Link. Yeah, he okay. does. But even he when he told us, he said um, 
He said, I know I'm the least likely person in this family to become a college professor. (laughs) Good for him. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm super proud of him. And he's teaching a a very hands-on production class. You know, he has a thriving professional life here in Los Angeles. He owns his own studio. He owns his own business. I went his homecoming because he should should go with his badge, his ID badge. (laughs) Assistant Professor Brooks and and show up at his elementary school. Yeah, but fortunately he had a lot, but just enough teachers along the way that really saw it, uh, saw something in him. He was always very good at art, always a real leader on the sports field. Maybe not, uh, you know, in math class. Uh, he, you know, he's always loved getting up early and working with a big team. And he had a high school class that really kind of changed his life, and that was a huge, you know, directional shift for him. So he's had enough great teachers along the way, but it, you have to practice patience. Here he goes, 28, Professor Brooks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Congratulations, Brooks. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. A little bit of an AI follow-up last week, Julie, you talked about um, college admissions essays and yes. turning to yep. AI. And I'm not going to go through this whole story, um, but just to say, like, there are some stories that cannot be told through AI. And there was a fantastic piece in the Los Angeles Times, and we have the link in the show notes. They've been doing a series on the challenges of educating in rural school districts, like just what some of these students and teachers and districts are up against when you're dealing in rural America. And there was a story of a young woman who had just been through it all. You know, she never really knew her father. Her mother was in and out of uh, addiction facilities. She had been through the foster care system, eventually had to emancipate herself at 17. Uh, and at which point her mother like promptly threw her out of the house. So she was essentially living in the back of a car for a couple of years, all while holding down three jobs and going to high school. And so it was her college uh, counselor there at her high, high school in rural California that said, you need to write about all this in your college essay. And it's an incredible story. I want you to read it. I don't want to give away any of the details, but let's say she she ended up writing about it. She's at a fantastic college now. Um but AI can't do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. You can't right. tell that in. story. You can't tell your, you can't tell that story. You can't plug in like homeless at 16, worked three jobs, you know, like organized all these events at school while like not having enough food at her house. You, you can't plug that into AI and come up with an essay that gets you into one of the best colleges in America. So I just to follow up there, like, you know, you can never replace people's personal stories with a robot. That's right. good. Definitely news, sounds worth good reading. News. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, Leon, for that recommendation. And I, I have a recommendation for a book that I've been reading. It's uh, called Never Enough by Jennifer Barony. I think that's how you pronounce her middle name, Wallace. And this, she's a journalist, and uh, she, uh, she really wanted to look at the, what she calls the toxic achievement cu- culture that's taking over kids and parents' lives, you know, this real pressure to um, spend all of your effort to get great grades in order to get admission to an elite schools. And what prompted Jennifer to write this book was the Varsity Blues scandal. You remember that, where all the wealthy parents and Hollywood stars were paying, their, you know, to get their kids admitted to elite schools, falsifying their application, you know, mm-hmm. saying they were tennis stars when they weren't or, you know, rowing stars. Well, anyway, that's what prompted Jennifer to uh, to do this. And she interviewed 6,000 parents and kids about the issue of pressure, Liz, okay? Just, yeah. you know, just what it's like, you know, even if you don't want to, as a parent, don't want to put pressure on your kids, you know, it's it's just so pervasive in a lot of communities. Maybe not in certain zip codes, but in many zip codes, it is, you know, it's you know, it's where all the energy is spent is on, you know, training kids and extra coaches and extra test preps and you know, and mm-hmm. you know, each grade, each test, you know, it all counts so much. And and she said what's happening is the kids, even if they achieve what they thought was their dream to go to an elite school, 
it's not rewarding for them. They, you know, that they're, you know, there are kids there with, you know, in many elite schools that really suffer from crippling anxiety, you know, or really low self-esteem, low self-worth, because, you know, that that's not that's not who they are and really, you know, what they want to be valued for. When the kids were interviewed, they they said the most important thing was to feel like they mattered, you know, uh, mm-hmm. which I uh, and which so, depends on who's measuring. Right. 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 But it was right. good point. Yeah. It's about it's about their own self-worth or having intrinsic self-worth. So it's a very interesting book. Um, again, it's called Never Enough. Um, she does have some suggestions. She offers a toolkit for, you know, how how if this is in your own family, how you might be able to kind of lower the temperature, lower the pressure, um, so kids, you know, or you know, or broaden your your um, your perspective about what success really looks like, uh, Leanne and Liz. Um, and I, so I think it's really um, a very interesting read, really well done, and uh, something that many parents would enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It makes me think about what Leanne said about Brooks, that, <laughs> right. that despite all of the external measurements, Brooks always had a lot of confidence and believe yes. in himself. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is the thing. Like with Brooks, like like the grades, like the totally average grades and the never turning in any math homework, it bothered me, but it never bothered him. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, he does not suffer from anxiety. I, it is why like eventually as he like became a young man, I I never worried so much about him. Like I wanted him to take a typical path, but he chose not to. And I was like, well, it's all going to be fine because it's him. But there are other kids that are the complete opposite, Julie. That's where that anxiety comes from. The external pressure is extraordinary. And from the minute they walk into high school, all people are talking about is college. You know, that's it. And it's it's sort of kind of, you know takes those four years of really critical development, I think, and turns it sort of inside out. It's high school is in of itself a really important, you know, exercise, a really important time to grow up, a really important part of your life. But if the sole goal is to get into one of six or seven colleges in the in the country, I, I don't I, that's a lot yeah. of pressure. It's right. a lot of pressure. Right. Yeah. It's the complete opposite of that story I, I recommended about education in rural mm-hmm. America. Those mm-hmm. are not the challenges that no. they have. No. But, you know, it's just some of these kids just whew, give, give them some space, give them some yeah. space. Yeah. And the parents, too. I mean, that they shouldn't have all this anxiety and pressure. Too. Right. I mean, that, you know, there's a better way to spend your family time. Yeah. Right. I can also speak to that in the sense that if your kid is not doing a traditional path, people do say things to you. It's yes. just- they do make assumptions about you and your family and your kids. Like I said about the art school, all the eye rolling. I'm like, okay, well, it's very competitive and it's very hard. And I, you know what? People love art. Uh, I don't know. Do you ever watch TV or go to the movies or read a book? I just, you seem to enjoy art. I don't know why you think people don't need to go to school for it. But um, yeah, it just, it is, it is out of whack. It's out of balance. You know, people, kids find their own path. And we all need a little patience as they do that and understanding. Uh, it makes for happier kids, I think. All right. When we come back, Liz has the Better Business Bureau. Stay with us. Hi, all. It's Leanne Dolan from Satellite Sisters. And you know what my definition of self-care is? Any product from OseaMalibu.com. That's right. We love the beautiful body care products at OseaMalibu.com. And we love that they've supported Satellite Sisters for a long time. That's how it works. The sponsors support us. You support the sponsors. We continue to produce Satellite Sisters content for you. And you know what? We do it with really great looking skin. This is the year of Andaria Algae Body Butter. If you have not tried this amazing product yet, 2024 is your year because Andaria Algae Body Butter is Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable product. It makes a glowing choice for achieving your new year body care and self-care goals. I got to tell you, you put this stuff on. First of all, we've said it before, you want to eat it. 
Secondly, you put it on, it makes your skin feel so smooth and hydrated and that lasts for days. You know, have you ever had a beauty product that kind of fades out and an hour later you're like, what happened there? Not the case with the famous Andaria Algae Body Butter. It's not your typical body butter and that's why it works better. It's made with ingredients that's normally reserved for your face like the Andaria seaweed and the ceramides and it can transform your dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft and supple. So make it happen in 2024. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Mosia. Right now, we have a special discount just for our satellite sisters and misters. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. You get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters, and we want to thank our friend Jenny Kane. Hi, Jenny. We love <laughs> Jenny Kane. We know you know it's a California brand through and through, and we love their staples because it makes getting dressed so easy. Minimalist, effortless, but totally refined. And hello, Julie Dolan. That's kind of you. Minimalist, effortless, and totally refined. What have you been wearing from Jenny Kane this week? Leon, I love the cocoon cardigan. It's perfect for the hot again, cold again weather we're having, you know, this is sweater weather. And you can just pop on that cardigan. And even if you're wearing something schlumpy underneath, all of a sudden you look elevated and you're ready to go. You look minimalist, effortless, and totally refined when you wear the cocoon cardigan. Yes, I do, Leanne. Uh, I get compliments on it too, because it's just the perfect thing to put on. Well, that's why we love Jenny Kane, is that everything is beautifully designed and really flatters the wearer. So we want to encourage you to check out everything over at JennyKane.com. You're going to find your new uniform. What is it that you want to put on that just perks up your your presentation? Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order when they use code SISTERS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com. And Jenny Kane is spelled J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E. JennyKane.com, promo code SISTERS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Thanks, Jenny. Okay, sisters, it's been a while since we had an installment of the Bitter Business Bureau. Really, one of our ongoing favorite segments, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yes. yes. Who doesn't like to get bitter? Forget about being high. Yes. Yeah. At businesses and things. So there were two stories uh, this week that jumped out at me for the Bitter Business Bureau. So for the first one, I'll introduce by saying, seriously, Jan Wenner? So just a little refresher. Jan Wenner was the founder of Rolling Stone magazine. And so big power player in the music business for a really long time. He was also one of the founders of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, this weekend, he was thrown off the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation um, for what I think is a 100% le legit reason. So okay. he, he published a book that is his favorite rock and roll interviews from Rolling Stone. The title of the book is the masters. Uh, and then he gave a lengthy interview to the New York times about the book, the masters. And one of the things the journalist asked about is why did he choose in this book of all of his favorite interviews of the biggest thinkers in music to include not one woman and not one black person. That is Dylan, it's Lennon, it's Springsteen, but it's basically, I'll just bluntly, he's an old white man and he only featured old white men. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, like how, how that happens in this day and age is just a complete mystery to me that nowhere along the line, somebody said, well, you know, there must be others or, but now that I've heard his answers to these questions in the interview, I bet he was challenged. He's like, no, these people really are better. Because when he was challenged uh, by the uh, by the journalist, he said uh, that he could not find any women who were well-spoken enough to be featured in his book. That he said, for instance, quote, Joni was not a philosopher of rock and roll. She didn't meet that test. So 
Joni Mitchell, not smart enough to pass uh, his test. Okay. I just want to tell you, Jan Winter, I'm taking a class at Stanford this semester that is entirely about Joni Mitchell. Okay. So maybe she's not going to pass Jan Winter's test, but she seems to be satisfying the music department at Stanford University. So, and then they also asked about um, black musicians. Yeah. How about that? And he said, still, just did not pass the test, Julie, of being able to articulate a philosophy. He said, like Jimi Hendrix, was, yeah. apparently was not a good enough not, rock no, and roll. No. He said, uh, he didn't. Wonder, okay. Okay. Stevie I'll just wonder, keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Stevie Wonder, you could call him a genius, but that's not the same thing as really being able to articulate a philosophy. So obviously there was quite a brouhaha when he explained that he just didn't think anyone but white men were smart enough to talk about music. and uh, Which so is then, really what the interview said. I yeah. mean, if you read the whole interview, that's not even an unfair assessment. Like, literally what did he you ever read? Uh, did you ever read Rolling Stone? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, I see. I, I never read it. Yeah. Really? Oh, I, I didn't like it. I, it just seemed like it always seemed like it was the male point of view. And it always uh, was. It yes, always was. that is true. Yeah. Well, well, not for nothing. The reason Vibe magazine was started by Quincy Jones, who, by the way, is a genius and a philosopher of rock and roll, right. but did not make Jan Wenner's list. I mean, he started Vibe because uh, Rolling Stone was just so white and so male. But anyway, so when he goes to explain, this is when I, you just want to say, oh, just just stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> so he he apologized for what he called his, quote, badly chosen words. Well, I mean, that is that's bogus. I mean, he said what he actually believed. You yeah, know, right, so right. They're, they're not badly. They're only badly chosen because you believe this. You, you are saying what you <laughs> really think. And then he also said this was a direct quote, just for PR's sake. Maybe I should have gone and found one black and one woman to include here, even if they didn't meet the standard. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Uh, no, it's terrible, Julie. It's yeah. like, I mean, like if you're Carol King sitting at home reading that, you know, if you're Smokey Robinson sitting at home reading that, okay, come on. Just, that's why all I can say is seriously, Jan Wenner. Anyway, boom, he's gone from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, <laughs> and he deserves it. That's all. You know, and just for, kudos um, to David Marchese, the the journalist who really held his feet to the fire. At one point, he did actually work at Rolling Stone on the digital side, like early in his career, the journalist. But, I mean, it's a very good interview. So even if you've heard um, excerpts or seen excerpts, yeah. excerpts, it's worth reading the whole thing. Because there are other sort of jaw-dropping revelations in there, too. Uh, so... Anywho, yeah, but the whole thing movie. the whole thing is actually worse than the headlines. So yeah, that's why I agree. That, that's why we thought it, you know, it reached our bitterness test, uh, which is important. Jan. Okay, next uh, bitter business bureau installment. I'm just going to say, seriously, Sudafed doesn't work. Now, this we was crushing are- news. <laughs> crushing news. Okay, we are a family of sneezers. Right, a family of allergies. I personally do not suffer from serious allergies, but the amount of hours, days, weeks I have spent watching Leon and Monica and Sheila and our brothers, like, like, do you have any Sudafed? Do you have Sudafed? Like, who's got the Sudafed? Like, the moment someone starts to sneeze, it's like the drug dealing that would go on in our household based on who was holding, and holding was always Sudafed. And <laughs> So, so an advisory panel to the Food and Drug Administration agreed unanimously on Tuesday that a common decongestant ingredient used in many over-the-counter cold medicine is ineffective, just ineffective. See, I feel like it was effective, Liz. Now, okay, 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 okay. Well, two things, Julie. Uh, The drug itself, the ingredient itself, is phenylephrine. And so they've said, you know, there are other things in some of these cold medicines that did work. Okay. But the phenylephrine itself, which was the main ingredient that was supposed to work, that's the only part that didn't work. It's just the, the main drug. And then, of course, I texted. I, I would say that our 
our Sudafed expert in our family has to be Monica Dolan, right? Absolutely. Yeah. She's the lead uh, allergic person. <laughs> the lead the sneezer. The lead sneezer. Good. Lead sneezer. Certainly the loudest. <laughs> Certainly the loudest sneezer. Uh, so when I texted Monica, like, hmm, sad, sad news about Sudafed. Uh, she's like, yeah, too bad people wasted their money on fake Sudafed, but don't discount the placebo effect. If you thought you were taking effective cold medication, you might have felt better by magical thinking. Uh, but being hmm. someone who, who is in the medical field herself, she does think it's just it's bad that the FDA had approved and consistently uh, allowed to be sold something that clearly did not work. Now, one thing they said in this advisory is don't panic consumers, okay? So, Julie, if you're starting to panic, the expert said don't panic because even though the ingredient doesn't work, it's not dangerous. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, well, are they I hadn't even on. considered that. Yeah. 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 Well, are they going to unlock the Sudafed? Because you know you can't buy it when you go to CVS. It's yeah. all locked up. Are they? Well, that's yeah. That's another. That's an alternative ingredient which they may have to. So they might have to reformulate. I mean, this isn't just uh, Sudafed. It's Tylenol, Mucinex, Benadryl. It's like the whole that whole aisle is going to have to be reformulated. So who knows? Maybe okay. they just have to put locks at either end. Anyway, um, thanks for nothing, Sudafed. Uh, I'm just going to keep taking my pills every day. I can't face the truth. Took one this morning. I don't care. You did? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just doubling down on the placebo effect. The magical thinking is working for you. I'm glad, Liam. I'm glad. <laughs> Oof. Now I'm really bitter. Okay. Well, we're going to well, like, we're going to have to cheer ourselves up with some Tuesday trends. And I have a fantastic one to start out. I'm going to give a big shout out to satellite sister, Deb Minnelschmidt. Okay, who brought this to our attention? It's called wancing. Do you want to know what wancing is? Yes, because yes. that does not ring a bell as a word okay. or an activity. Walking and dancing. It's dancing as you walk. It's uh -huh. the art of letting loose, of spreading joy, a pep in your step. So if you go to wancerevolution.com, you'll see that. By doing this, by you know dancing while you walk, you're going to exercise your mind, your body, your spirit. It can be uh, help you meditate as you're dancing down the street. And clearly, you're not caring what others think, Leanne, when you do this. You're just expressing yourself through movement. And perhaps you're meeting other like-minded people as you wance down the street. Okay. I, well, I have to go to the website right now to Wance, yes. Wance Revolution yes. and see what this is all about. It's full of joy, Leanne. That's yeah. what it is. It's pep, pep in your step. You know, you just, I think it's kind of, it could work. That's what well, I it's think. It's the way you see kids move, you know? Right. Like, yes. Imagine they, like a, a little girl wincing. That seems so easy to imagine. How, no, do, we, how do we unlearn that? Because that's I, I don't know what happened. High heels, heels high heels, high heels, and get trying to commute on the subway. Those are <laughs> how you unlearn those two things. But I think maybe to be wancing a solo may be harder to start in your neighborhood. Yeah. But if you got a small group of wancers, uh -huh. well, I think you could really have some fun. Like, hey, okay. nine o'clock, let's meet up for some wancing. What do you think? Yeah, I just yeah. love saying the word. And I, yes. in my mind, if pickleball can exist, so can wancing. I, I, I think it's as legitimate, don't you think? Yeah, oh, certainly as legitimate. Yes. Yes. And as fun to say. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. I really thought this had to do with mushrooms, wancing. I am so shocked by this whole thing. I had no idea where you were going with this. Okay. okay no. So Deb is, and Deb, satellite sister Deb, is suggesting that maybe at the Big Fun Weekend, there could be some wancing. Now, Liz, I know you're doing the walking tour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. I'm going to be doing bracelets and beads, okay? Okay. But you are going to be outside right. walking. I, so perhaps you should, re, you know, rethink that. Yes. Maybe it could be a wancing episode. Okay. okay. I I think it's all about the freedom to wance. I don't want to put pressure on people to wance, no. though, Julie, because no, no. goodness knows I'm not going to do it. Uh, but, but we are going to the Mary Tyler Moore statue and back. Yes. So... Wancing, I am open to any wancers in that group for sure. Okay. Liz, it appears that there is quite a wance community in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yep. Okay. 
So go watch out. They could show up. You just <laughs> you just invited them to come. So okay. Go All right, Yogi Yogi. All right. Okay. All right. We've got to move on. Are you planning a trip to Scotland? Well, if you go, you need to do this. You know, uh, you know, Leanne, Leanne and I love the show Outlander, right? We do uh, yes. commentary on Outlander for many years, okay? And certainly uh, the heartthrob, the star of that show, Sam, we never learned how to pronounce your last name, <laughs> Hegan, uh, he's Scottish, a.k.a. Jamie Fraser, okay? Right? Right. Well, he lives in Glasgow. And he is because that's where they film Outlander. So the um, so this past weekend in the New York Times, uh, Jamie, aka I'm I'm just gonna call him ja Jamie, um, um, put together an article of his favorite spots in Glasgow. So just think about this, Leon. Okay, this just you could go to Scotland. Yeah, and you could do some of the things that Jamie does all the time when he's there. He does a run walk along the River Clyde. Are you in? I'm in. I'm in. Wouldn't you get paid big money to be just wancing down the River Clyde there <laughs> yes, and run yes. into Jamie Fraser? Okay. Yes. Nice. Okay. okay. Or how about perhaps stopping at the microbrewery Drygate for a beer? Because that's what Jamie Fraser, a.k.a. Sam Huygen, <laughs> likes to do after his run. Okay. I. So I... I I don't know what he was thinking by writing this article because I think it's going to be like, it's just going to invite stalkers, right? Right. Aren't there, aren't there going to be just millions of women hanging out in the Drygate um, microbrewery <laughs> or at the whiskey bar, the Ben Nevis bar, just hoping that, that Sam shows up, okay? Or the crab shop where he likes to sit at the counter. Make note of that if you're going. Don't get a table. Sit at the counter. Okay. So I yeah, think they're sitting there now. It's done. It's over. Those places are over. They they went there immediately to the crab shot. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So well, just a note: if you're not planning a trip to Scotland and you can't do it, you still you still can indulge in the world of Jamie Fraser because apparently he has a new wild Scottish gin coming out. Under the label, hold hold your seat, Leon. Okay, Liz, you're not going to understand this, but Leon is. The Sassanach label. All right, good for him. Okay, there you okay. go, Liz. I'll explain. Um, this is yeah. um, this is Sassanach is the word for um, stranger or foreigner, and oh. it was a term of endearment that super handsome Jamie Fraser used to say to his wife Claire, who was kind of a foreigner because she was a time traveler. Okay, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Okay, yes. Oh, right. We're not getting You lost it. me when you got to time travel. I, me too. Other than no, that was me too. Okay. Yeah. But Liz, I have a trend for you okay. uh, because it's um, this is opening up in your beloved state of Oregon. Uh-huh. Uh, Okay, Oregon has is launching the legal sale of magic mushrooms. Okay, oh. so okay, so listen to this, Liz. There is a shop in Eugene. weren't you just recently? I, in? Was, in, I was in Eugene for the weekend. Did you yes. happen to stop at the Epic Healing uh, store in Eugene? Okay, I did not. Where you could should have gotten the heads up earlier. Okay, so you could sign up for a six-hour session which gives you access to a tie-dyed mattress and wind chimes and a few other things. And then you can take one of these magic mushrooms. And uh -huh. patrons, Liz, listen, patrons are promised vivid geometric shapes, loss of identity, and oneness with the universe. Okay. Well, that's two out of three of those sound great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sketchy on loss of identity, but the other two, sure. When this with the universe, what could possibly go wrong, Julie? I don't know. I, this just seems bad. My, the tie-dye mattresses seem bad to me. Six hours, other people on them. But apparently there's it's high demand, big wait list, 300 names on the wait list. So you better wow. get okay. Okay. All right. And they're legalizing this throughout Oregon is what yes. you're saying. Yes. It's on the ballot. Okay. Well, all right. That's hmm, very interesting. Uh, okay, so I want to go back to, you mentioned travel. 
and uh, Jamie Fraser's trip. So I have a bucket list travel item that I wanted to run by you guys because I'm interested. And I'm also interested if any of our listeners have done trips like this. So not too long ago, I had dinner with our Satellite Sisters accountant and procurement director, Diane Gray, with her granddaughter, Selena. And Selena was just about to leave for this, for a reef conservation international scuba diving trip in Belize, where they learned about the environment, but also helped clean up the reef. So it was, she was telling me about it before she went. She was very excited. And of course, you know, Diane Gray, because it's the way she is. She followed up with me by sending me videos of the baby sea turtles that Selena had said, oh. other information about the trip. So here's what you do when you go on this trip. First of all, you learn about the invasive lionfish species. It's destroying their native coral reefs there. So you learn to spearfish. To, to get rid of the lion. Really? Yes. So they're just they're just spearfishing them and trying to remove them from the reefs. But is then that also is that making a dent in the uh, lionfish population? Uh, I I don't know. Am, I'll have to am, Yeah, amateur spearfishers. <laughs> check with Selena. <laughs> I don't want to be around too many amateur spearfishers. That would be my thing. Okay. But then but it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting. You learn about the coral reefs, the tropical Good. fish. They have sharks. They have manatees. They have dolphins. They even have whale sharks, which is, not for nothing, the largest fish in the ocean. So um, I think I think this sounds interesting. So I'm wondering, first of all, would you guys ever want to do something like this? Maybe I'm not saying come with me, but just on your own. And these service-related trips, have you ever heard of any that you thought would be like definitely interesting or definitely not for you, Julie or Leanne, either one of you? I think it's very interesting. And I would be interested, you know, I like the part of this trip where you're really learning about uh, the biology, you know, ecology of the reef. Because yeah. I think, you know, really having a good understanding of the science and you know, you know what's happening to our, our our planet. I think is really critical, and and there's just no there's no nothing like actually being there. It's like when we went to right. Patagonia, uh, Liz, and saw the incredible glaciers. You know, I mean to to really see these, you know, to see these different kinds of bio, bio environments. I think is mm -hmm. critical. So mm -hmm. I like that idea. Spearfishing, I'm out. And you know, I don't like to scuba dive. So okay. right. maybe reef conservation isn't for me, but traveling to, you know, really different parts of the world definitely is for me. Okay. All right. Leanne, any interest in this kind of a service trip? Uh, you know, I would say I don't scuba dive, but you know, I like swimming and I like to yes. trip to the Galapagos. Um, oh, right, so, right. And I, so I, I did enjoy that, but that organization I belong to, American Women for International Understanding, they do delegations to various countries where there's some piece of it is service. And it's usually working with, you know, uh, organizations that help women and children and healthcare and legal defense and things like that. I'm, I'm interested in going on one of those. I just can never, every time they're scheduled, my schedule won't allow it. So I'm hoping one day to at least go on a delegation. I, I would be interested uh, you that know, does sound the inner workings of, of countries all over the world. And yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I'm interested in this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Liz, are you going to do this? Is this? I don't know. I, uh, 2024 right now. I'm just, I haven't, I haven't penciled anything in, Leanne. Uh, so it's just, it's thought I want to talk to Selena uh, now that she's home and I'm going to post this in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. And if you've done anything like this and enjoyed it or not, lessons or not, I would love to hear from listeners about what your experience has been uh, with this sort of combo bucket list vacation service uh, uh, yeah. trip. So, so let us know what you thought. And this is Reef Conservation International. That link is in the show notes, too. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters, and you know we love Pros. Pros is the custom hair care system that is truly made to order, and we are big proponents of Pros here at Satellite Sisters. Thank you, Pros, for supporting us and for supporting our hair goals. I mean, Julie, I am trying to get my hair in shape for my book tour, which starts in a little bit. I am going to be out and about. I'm going to be walking into rooms. I've got to get going. i got to make sure the hair looks good because people are looking 
What do you think, Jill? Give me your honest assessment of my my pros progress. Leanne, I'm looking at your hair on the screen and it looks great. It's it's full of body. It's bouncy. Whoa, look at that. Just when you zhuzh it up like that, it's amazing. I mean, you don't have any of that dryness you used to have in your hair. You know, uh, you make me a little jealous, Leanne. You got some good looking hair going there. Thank you. You know what? I have seen a giant difference since I've been on the whole pros regime. I take the hair vitamins that are, you know, specifically prescribed for me. Uh, they, I took the hair quiz. They analyzed my hair type. They know where I live. They know uh, in terms of the weather. They know how, how often I go swimming. They know this. They know that. I take the vitamins. I use the shampoo, the conditioner, the post uh, leave-in conditioner when I'm in a really dry place or it's the winter season. And I do think I'm making a lot of progress. Thank you, Julie. I, I appreciate that. Uh, if you want to make progress with your hair, check out Pros. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today. Plus, 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Okay, so that's great. 50% off your first subscription order plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash sisters. And pros, you know, is P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Thanks, pros. Thanks for my hair. We are so happy at Satellite Sisters to have BritBox as a sponsor. You know, we love it. It's the streaming home of the best British television with exclusive mysteries, crime dramas, comedies, documentaries, and more. Julie, what's your fave? Vera, I love this show. I'm on season 11. I mean, Brenda Blethyn is such a great actress. And the character Liz Vera, I don't know if you've watched it, but she's essentially Margaret Thatcher in a trench coat, okay? <laughs> she is bossing people around and solving crime. I love her. Okay, well, I want to especially recommend Archie. Archie's a brand new limited series. It's starring Jason Isaacs as Archie Leach. Who is he? He's the man who became Harry Grant. And oh. you know what's so interesting about this is it's sort of about how he became a star in old Hollywood, how he went from being Archie Leach to being Cary Grant. But also because it's him growing up in old Hollywood, there are a lot of people in the in the movie playing Doris Day, Grace Kelly, George Burns. It's little snapshots of what it was like to become a movie star back in the day. So I really enjoyed it and recommend. So sign up for BritBox today to stream Archie and any other fan favorites from any device you have. So we have a special limited time offer. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for the monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use our promo code SISTERS at checkout. Got it? Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Use promo code SISTERS at BritBox.com. Okay, we're back. A uh, couple updates. Satellite Sisters Big Fun Weekend happening in a month. If you are listening to this and you are joining us, check your email, check your email because you should have gotten an attendee survey. Uh, right now, as we're speaking, they're going out to everyone who's coming to the Big Fun Weekend. So you can check off what events you're going to be doing. We have a few other questions for you, just trying to figure out who's going to come and, and do what, when, and where. And one of the activities is bracelet making. And we just want to say, don't wait till you get to Minneapolis to start the bracelets, all right? If you're into it, if you want to do these sisterhood friendship bracelet exchanges, start now. Because it does take a while to make these, but it's worth it. And it's a lot of fun, right, Joel? <laughs> it, is, it is a lot of fun. And we're just imagining that when people get to Minneapolis, um, you're going to show off your bracelets. And as you meet other satellite sisters, you know, maybe you'll trade bracelets. So it's it's really fun to make the bracelets. If you don't want to do that, find a teenage teenager. I'm employing my um, granddaughter, Alice. Is I've made some, but now she's making some for me. Put, you know, your favorite uh, satellite sister expression on it. Um, I know we're going to have fun. We will be, we will, uh, we uh, we do have bead supplies for Saturday morning. Um, so if people want to make additional bracelets or if you think of other things that you want or you want to show people how to make bracelets, um, we can do it then. Right. But do bring your own kits if you bought them. 
you know, that yes. that would be good. We don't have beads for 150 people to make no, no. dozens of bracelets. Right. Okay. That's just key key follow-up for the Satellite Sisters Big Fun Weekend. All right. Time for entertaining sisters. Joel, what do you got? Okay. Well, first of all, I have to give a $5, $5 Satellite Sister shout out to my friend Cammy who recommended this to me. It's a Netflix movie. It's called Love at the First Sight. Love at First Sight. This is a very cute rom-com. And Leanne, it's based on Jennifer Smith's book, uh, yeah. Love at First Sight. Okay. Okay. This has it all. But Liz, imagine love actually meets sliding doors, meets four weddings and a funeral. Okay. That's oh. what this movie is. That's, it has it love at all. Yeah. Okay. So it has a chance meeting at an airport. It's set in London. So, of course, there are British accents. There's a wedding. There's a memorial service. There's fabulous flowers. There's tears. It's set at Christmas time. Okay. Totally enjoyable rom com. My only note to people is do not watch this on a plane. Don't download this movie and go on a plane because it's a sob fest. Okay. And you will be a blubbering mess. Okay. And you don't want that. Okay. Watch it at home. Okay, in the privacy of your own home, that's what I would recommend. Uh, but it's it's very cute. Love at first sight. All right, Julie, excellent recommendation. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people have been um, heaping yeah. praises on that. And oh yeah, I mean, and it has Haley Lou Richardson in it, and Ben Hardy is uh, the male lead, and he is like a Heath Ledger mini me. He looks like I kept looking at him. So he's like <laughs> Heath Ledger's son. He's very cute, very cute. Oh, to me. He okay. was. In EastEnders before he did this movie. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Love at First Sight on Netflix. All right. This is for New Yorkers or people headed to New York. I want you to go to MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, and check out the new installation by Ed Ruscha, the California artist, of the Chocolate Room. Okay. This okay. is literally a room made from chocolate, folks. <laughs> I loved reading about this uh, installation. It was first done in 1970. It's only been installed, I think, like six times around the world, various places. Since then, uh, MoMA has brought it back. It's a room where the walls are tiled with dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. but, right. So first of all, it smells delicious. According to, you know, people that have been there, the curator, the artist himself, like it's a room tiled with chocolate. So it's, it smells good. But the extraordinary thing are these tiles. They're like massive, like 12 by 24 inch tiles that are manufactured, fabricated here in Los Angeles with a very famous fabricator. They actually press out the dark chocolate they're using this time, which is a first. And then they sort of adhere them to paper and then carefully put them on the walls. And the chocolate has like subtle differences in color and it just looks unbelievable. And it is a room tile with chocolate. Did I say that? I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, the guards must be very busy in that room because I mean, I think it would be so tempting to just like break off a piece. Yeah. I Lick the yeah. walls. I, I don't know. You can just see that things like that might happen. Yeah. Well, my neighbor Paula went when I, when Leanne, you were telling me about this. So I asked Paula, what was it like? And she said, it's wonderful to see a piece of art where you can smell the chocolate and might lick the wall if you could. I so mean, I, the, and the, the chocolate is super thin. You know, they said, uh -huh. like, once they print it out and they adhere to this paper, like even if you put your hand up against the paper, it would melt the chocolate. Like it's oh. excellent chocolate. And uh and and then then it's it's used as tiles. It just seems amazing to me. I, I like what art does things that you just can't even believe they could do. Right. So I mean so right, they you know, they manufactured it in California and then they had to put it on like a refrigerated truck yes, to get it what to would New York. Imagine. Is that yeah I mean yeah. Even transporting the chocolate tiles seems tough. Yeah. Well, I love Ed Ruscha's work. And he, if you read my book, Lost and Found in Paris, he was one of the um, inspirations for the father character. In the, oh. Because uh, he's always operated out of this big warehouse in Venice Beach. So I created that whole, the the motel in, the, in Lost and Found in Paris was yeah. based on sort of Ed Ruscha's uh, art situation in Venice. 
So okay. he was the he was the inspiration there. And I I'm, he's mentioned in the book, actually. He's yeah. in the book. But anyway, it's a room filled out of chocolate, made from chocolate. So if you're going <laughs> to New York, uh, please check in on that. Let me know. Uh, let me know what that's like. I would love love to hear some first person experiences. Also, it's the spooky season and I do love witches. And so I have my third annual witches book list posted now at bookshop.org. You can find the link in the show notes. About I have posted a lot of books about witches. So it's hard to come up with a book list every year. But you know what? I'm not the only one who likes books about witches because every year they come out with more books about witches. So um, there are some fun ones, some light rom-coms. I loved Alice Hoffman's The Invisible Hour. That has, you know, she's such a good writer and did the whole Practical Magic series and just has the most gorgeous cover. And she just, that one is very evocative. The Witch of Wild Things is a is about like a family of uh, Mexican witches and they use a lot of um, herbs and there's a lot of that kind of stuff in it. I love that. Um, the Unfortunate Side Effects of Heartbreak and Magic. That's just a, a fun, funny rom-com I think you'll like. I have a couple of uh, some how-tos. <laughs> On the list to be a witch. Oh, Julie, okay. I'm not. I know you're. You're. you're I'm. I'm not really. Mm, no. Witches, not my thing. No, I don't really like witches. But so, so I have one that's just called the Kitchen Witch Companion, which is recipes, rituals, and reflections. It's beautiful illustrations and things like that. I thought Kitchen Witches were good. And then another one for the Stitchers uh, in our in our community, Mystical Stitches, embroidery for personal empowerment. Uh, so some very cool Ooh. designs. Okay. And then a lot of other, and then 10 other books. And then there are also lists there from 2022 and 2021. So a lot of books about witches now happening at, uh, at the Satellite Sister slash Lee and Dolan shop at bookshop.org. So there you go. Um, all right. That's right, it. I think that's season. it for the show. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, all of a sudden we're at the end of the show. I see it on my, on my thing. Thanks. Okay, so thanks. Thanks to Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show. A big thanks to Emily Borgine for uh, creating our graphics. A big thanks to our sponsors who make our show possible. Uh, we appreciate you and we appreciate the listeners who use those codes and go to those URLs and, uh, and patronize the sponsors. So thanks to you too. Um, all right, our to-do list for the day. Joel, what do you got? Okay, well, I have to respond to Eli, and that would be Eli from the marketing team at Easy Plant. Have you seen this on the internet? Easy Plants—they're they—they—they're you know you buy the plants online and they come, but they have this special watering system where you where you pour water into a container and then you don't have to water them for like months. Okay, I'm now I'm fascinated by this, Julie. I see this on Instagram all the time. I'm tempted. Have you actually bought one? No, I haven't bought one. But see, Eli, Eli writes me every day. He said, you know, dear Julie, this is Eli. Hey, it's Eli again. We know you were looking at that fig tree. Do you want to, you know, I'm not that good with plants, but I, I, I just don't know if it's like a gimmick or does it really work or would this, would this plant die? I uh, just, you know, the same as all my other household plants die. Uh, I don't know. But uh, uh, Eli, we just, uh, every day he writes me, you know, so <laughs> I, I got to respond. <laughs> That's how they get you. That's when, they get you. when are we going to be able to stop talking about plants? I mean, we've had a lot of talk about plants, haven't we? <laughs> We yeah. last couple of years. I mean, not on satellites, just out there in the community. Just it's all. I'm just bitter because our our really wonderful garden section of the LA Times has now just become all house plants. I'm like, oh. what is happening? Anyway, that's just me personally. Like, all right, Julie. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to trigger anything. I just had no idea you had a beef. Wow, <laughs> seems kind of bitter over there. I'm sorry. We never should have done the bitter business. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to do this. Liz and I have to do a speech this week. Uh, yes. Sometimes these speeches are on our calendar for like a year, and then yeah. still they can come out of the blue. Isn't that yeah. true, Liz? Like all yeah. of a sudden they've snuck up on us. Uh, so. <laughs> So Liz and I are doing a talk tomorrow at a club in Los Angeles and um, Jewel, I had to put together a PowerPoint and one of the things, uh, and you and I have used this PowerPoint, it's the the history of Satellite Sisters, kind of the joke history of Satellite Sisters, but um, 
One of the things I learned to do during the pandemic, I taught myself PowerPoint, like advanced PowerPoint. And mm-hmm. I just want to say that's changed my life and I'm all for learning new things. And I'm finally, I'm sure PowerPoint is now really passe and no one does it, but I finally learned how to use it. And second, I used all of our great graphics from the show, Julie. All oh, of the things good. that Emily has done over the years that I have a I just started slapping that in the in the in the PowerPoint. It looks Slap fantastic. It it's just it's elevated my PowerPoint game like a hundred percent. So my it looks just, so great, Julie. It yeah, looks okay. great. Well, I'll have to see a copy at some point. Yeah. yeah. Just big thanks to Emily. Uh, so that's okay. my to do. Thank you, Emily. I mean, you've made me a better person and a better PowerPointer. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's Liz. My to-do is I just, I think I've mentioned in the past that my dog, Hooper, is not enthusiastic about food in general, which is very rare for a dog, uh, but also occasionally just goes on these hunger strikes where he, he just quits eating whatever food I give him and forces me to change the brand. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, so... I've gotten used to that, but right, I was away for the last 10 days. Right before I went away, he just, he didn't seem to be eating much. So I thought, okay, when I come home, time for a new brand. Uh, but then he goes to his dog sitter, Mark, and being at Mark's is like eating at McDonald's every day for 10 days. <laughs> feeds him complete junk food, like whatever. It's, it's bacon and it's hamburger and it's sausages and it's stuff. So normally he bulks up when he's at Mark. Marks so he can come home and sustain his hunger strike here, uh, where I'm giving him the healthy food. <laughs> but when I picked him up early this morning, Mark said he was not even eating the chicken sausage I gave him. He was oh. not. He was leaving like you know bacon in his bowl. So I think we might have a situation here. So my my number one thing I have to do today when we're done with the show is make an appointment to take him in yes. to see his vet because she knows him and she knows that this is sort of his pattern. But, you know, it's not good when a dog stops eating. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. no, it's very worrisome. Yes. It's, it's very worrisome. So we are going to get on the case. So I don't know what I'm going to feed him today. I'm going to, of course, as I'm leaving Mark, so he's like, Buy a rotisserie chicken. So that's what. (laughs) Okay. I mean, he talks to me as if I've like never had a dog before. You know, he's just, he's the, anyway, whatever. He's right. I'm going to get a rotisserie chicken and we'll see how that works. But really, we're going to have to go see the vet. So that's me. (laughs) Ooh, that was a long to do. People had issues. People, (laughs) yes. Working some stuff out in that to-do section. All right, uh, Liz, I'll see you tomorrow at our speech. Okay, show. yes. Okay. I hope I can your speech, me. girls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just Let's, afraid of, I'm going to forget. I know. Let's show up. Let's show up. Uh, all right, Jill, have a great week. You too. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>